0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Astrology for Beginners podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Boucher, and I am so excited to be launching our first official episode. If you have ever wanted to learn how to read a natal chart or wished that you understood more about astrology but didn't know where to begin, then you are in the right place. I am going to break things down for you episode by episode in the simplest way I can so that you can learn to speak the language of the stars. Let's get started. Now I'm calling this episode the anatomy of a needle chart because today we're going to talk about the most basic components of a birth chart or any type of astrology chart, really, because the structure of them all, whether you're talking about a natal chart, a transit chart, a solar return, essentially, they're built the same way. But for ease, we'll hone in on the term natal chart today. So you might be wondering, what is a natal chart? Basic question, right? A natal chart, or otherwise called a birth chart, is a representation of where all of the planets and known celestial bodies in our solar system were in the sky at the moment of your birth. The birth chart is a representation of the sky as seen from Earth, like a map. Now, that's the definition at a mechanical level. On an energetic level, of course, the meaning ascribed to a natal chart goes much deeper. In this sense, a person's birth chart is the energetic signature, if you will, of a particular person. Astrologers see the birth chart as a blueprint for what it is that a person came here to be and do. And from it, We can glean all kinds of information, such as a person's likely personality traits, uh, the types of talents they may have, in some cases their uh, physical uh, characteristics, their general outlook on life or way of thinking and operating, uh, what they want and what motivates them the way they like to move through the world, as well as some of the challenges and bigger growth themes they came here to look at and make progress on. Now, most of you, if you're listening to this podcast, probably already know your sun sign, but you are so much more than that. I often compare knowing one's sun sign to knowing what color hair someone has without knowing anything else about that person's physical appearance. It does tell you something, but there's a whole lot more that we don't know, right? In reality, you are your entire natal chart, which includes all of the planets and all of the signs and the relationship that each of those things was having with one another when you were born, plus more. It really is a beautiful and detailed tool available to help you gain a better understanding of yourself and others. So to kick this off, I think it would be great if you could have a visual aid in front of you, so I've prepared a handout for you that shows you visually everything I'm about to explain about the natal chart and how it functions, and there is a link to that in the show notes. Now. This is one of those few episodes of the show where I'm going to place a lot of emphasis on having some materials to look at. Mo- most episodes won't have that or if they do, they'll likely just be supplemental and good to have for reference later on maybe. But in this case, it is kind of important to actually see a natal chart and and what it looks like. So, if you're in a place where you can look at that right now, I suggest that you hit pause for just a moment and pull that up on your phone or your laptop or your computer or something and have it in front of you. If you can't do that because you're driving, and please, please, by all means, do not be looking at your screen while you're driving, you can still go ahead and listen. This is still going to be really helpful. You may just want to listen again later with the materials on hand. Um, So assuming you've done that, you found the link and you're looking at the handout I've provided. Let's move forward. As I said in the beginning, the birth chart is a representation of the sky as seen from Earth. It shows us where all of the zodiac signs, the planets, and other celestial bodies in our solar system were in the sky at the moment of your birth as seen from the location where you were born. Now, if you take a look On the handout at chart number one and chart number two, you can see that an astrology chart is like a wheel. It's in the shape of a wheel or a circle. And in fact, it's actually kind of like two wheels that end up being layered right on top of one another. So what you see in chart one and chart two are each of those layers shown separately. The dot in the middle of both of those charts represents Earth. Now, the first one, or chart one, represents the 12 zodiac signs. And each of those little symbols around the perimeter is a glyph representing a different sign. And a sign, a zodiac sign in astrology, is simply uh, an energetic archetype, or maybe even more simply a set of characteristics or traits that a sign embodies. Most of us probably get the basic nature of that already because this is what people typically mean when they say things like, oh, uh, that's just how Emily is. She's, you know, a stubborn Taurus or, oh, I tend to dress flashy because I'm a Leo or something like that. Not to pick on Tauruses and Leos because Tauruses and Leos are wonderful, but you get what I'm saying. Now, a circle, of course, is 360 degrees in total. And if you divide 360 by 12 signs, then you have each sign creating a wedge or like a slice of pizza in the sky. That is 30 degrees. Now, in chart two, you'll see that uh, this circle is also divided into 12 slices and this wheel represents the 12 houses in astrology and each of the 12 houses represents a different part of your life or a different function in your life like say your home life uh, which is represented by house four versus your career which is represented by house 10 exactly opposite house four you know not an accident because People often are trying to balance, you know, home versus career, right? Or uh, to use another example, there's the first house, which is all about the self. It's your physical body. It's your personality. It's, um, you know, anything to do with you and who you are. And that is exactly opposite to house seven, which is the house of relationships and partnerships. So you can see self on one side, others on the opposite side. Now you'll see here that, uh, and we're still looking at chart three, now you'll see here that the numbering of the houses begins on the left hand side of the chart near the middle, and then the numbers move counterclockwise around the wheel this order of the houses always remains the same. The first house is always in this location on the chart or in the sky rather and it's always going to follow this counterclockwise order. The zodiac wheel on the other hand is always rotating. So let's now look at chart three because here is where you see the first two charts smooshed together or layered on top of one another. You can see the wheel with the signs and their symbols on the outside of the circle and the houses on the inside. Now I want you to imagine that the outside ring with the signs is like a dial. Now imagine if you could grasp it in your hand and start turning it clockwise. That is what the signs are doing in the sky all the time the inner ring with the houses stays more fixed while the signs are rotating around it. So chart four, if we can move to chart four, illustrates what someone's natal chart might look like in real life as that outer dial is turning. If you look at the first house, and you go, you know, right to the top of that first house, and you look at the line with the arrow that's pointing to the left, that's the cusp of the first house, which is arguably the most important part, or certainly one of the most important parts of a natal chart, because that's what is called the ascendant line, or simply the ascendant, or it can also be called your rising sign. And the ascendant sign is the zodiac sign that was rising up over the eastern horizon when and where you were born. Remember that things in the sky rise in the east and set in the west just like the sun. The line opposite, the ascendant line at the cusp of the seventh house is called the descendant, by the way, and that's what was setting on the western horizon at the time and place of your birth. And the cusp of the tenth house is called the midheaven, and that's what was highest in the sky when and where you were born. But I don't want to go any farther down that road. We'll talk about that in a future episode when we cover the angles. But for now, I just want you to know what the ascendant line is and that it's a super important thing because it sets up the layout for your whole chart in terms of which signs fall into which houses and where the planets that are in those signs uh, are going to land in terms of the houses. The ascendant sign changes about every two hours. That's why knowing your birth time in addition to just the day is so important because your chart will be completely different if you were born at say six o'clock in the morning as opposed to 1230 in the afternoon. Now a few minutes might not make much of a difference in many cases, but it could. So Here again in chart four, you can see that this person is a cancer rising because the cusp of their first house falls into the sign of cancer. Again, that's a huge piece of information because it provides the structure structure for the rest of the chart, and it's a big indicator of how this person shows up in the world. Most people when they interact with you in day to day life, tend to see you as your rising sign rather than your sun sign, even though your sun sign is what most people talk about. Uh, Your rising sign is how you are likeliest to show up in the world. Okay, I want to talk just a little bit now about planets because you can't really have a birth chart without those. So if you go on to chart number five, and I promise we're just about out of charts here, Uh, this is the last one we're going to cover. I have created a very simplistic sample birth chart with some planets in it. Actually, I think it has all the planets in it. Uh, Now, we're not going to talk about all the planets today and what each of them means or does specifically or how they can form aspects with one another. For today, I just want you to take a look and see how they can show up in an actual natal chart and what, in you know, hopefully get an understanding of what the most basic function of a planet in a birth chart is. Essentially, planets give us information about the types of things that are going to be showing up for a person in a particular part of their lives. Uh, in other words, the house it's in and also how they will be going about doing that thing. In other words, the sign that it's in. So the planet, to kind of recap, indicates what is going to be happening or what is happening. The house it's in is where in your life the thing is happening. And the sign it's in is how it's happening or the the flavor with which you're going to go about doing that thing. I think we need an example Uh, And using this chart, again, I can see that the planet Mars, which is uh, symbolized with the glyph, you'd also recognize as being the symbol for male. It's the circle with the arrow coming um, kind of out over the top uh, right of it. Uh, It's in the 12th house in the sign of Gemini. And in this version here, it kind of looks like it could almost be in Cancer. But I remember from the calculator I used that it is still, in fact, in Gemini. So the 12th house in astrology, it's kind of a fuzzy place and one of the more difficult houses to describe, but it's generally a place that represents solitude or anything hidden or behind the scenes. Spirituality can fall there because the spirit world and our connection to the divine is hidden from view. Uh, it's not tangible secrets can fall there too because of course those are hidden it can also make things that are in the 12th house feel hidden or hard to access Uh, but solitude or alone time is a pretty solid association in my observation so i'm going to make things simple and follow that train of thought Um, now mars is the planet of action of initiation It makes sure that you go after the things that you want. It's where you put your efforts. Now, being in the 12th house of solitude tells me that this person probably likes putting their effort towards things that they do alone. There could be a lot of activity that's taking place that is done in solitude or that is hidden from the view of other people. So what might that be? Well, We can look at the sign of Gemini that it's in, which rules mental activities like thinking or writing or study, among other things. So it's possible that this person is a writer. And of course, there are many examples of work or, you know, other activities that are cognitive in nature, and they could also fit the bill. But writing would certainly be one that makes sense in this case, because it's an action that's being taken alone, and that would be a pretty Gemini thing to do. Again, super simple example, but hopefully you can get a basic idea of how the different components of the chart work together to tell a person's story. Of course, this is just the beginning. We'll get into much more detail about all of these things with each new episode, Um, but again, Wanted to keep this super short uh, and just give you the overall flavor so that as we go forth with future episodes and lessons, you're not looking at things and thinking, I I don't know what the heck this is. So that about covers things today. Uh, I do just want to point out that there is a chart six that shows you uh, a Another wheel illustrating the planets and which signs and houses naturally fall under their rulership or domain. You don't need to focus on that now uh, really at all. If you don't want to, uh, mostly I included it because it also contains a guide to all of the glyphs for the signs and planets at the bottom so that you can use that to decipher um, all of the symbols on the other charts and you will know what is what. If you're not familiar with these, then it's probably going to feel weird looking at them in the beginning. Uh, You certainly don't have to memorize them or anything, but as you continue along, they'll just become like second nature and you will start to recognize them on site, which will ultimately make things much easier. Okay. That is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope that you will come back for the next one. I have so much more to share and I can't wait to share it all with you. See you next time.